Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Cinema Gold Show. I'm your host, Larry Lease. Today we're diving into the latest box office news, movie news, and streaming news from around the industry. Welcome to the Cinema Gold Show. I'm your host, Larry Lease. And on today's episode, we're going to dive into the latest box office numbers and headlines from around the industry. But first, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Audible, for sponsoring this episode. If you're a fan of audiobooks of any kind of genre, Head on over to audibletrial.com slash Larry21 and get yourself a free audiobook and free 30-day trial. Without further ado, our first topic. The animated Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse may be the lowest grossing Spider-Man film since 2002, but it's also the one holding the Oscar. Not only that, but it holds the highest rating with critics on the tomato meter, certified fresh and 97% and its reputation has certainly been elevated in the years since its release in 2018. This weekend, its sequel opened with one of the longest running times ever for an animated film at 140 minutes, but it also saw one of the biggest sequel bumps ever as well. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse opened the second best Thursday preview ever for an animated film with 17.3 million. Only Incredibles 2 did better with 18.5 million. The Super Mario Brothers movie opened on a Wednesday and did not have previews. That 17 million has folded into what became the best opening day of 2023 with 51.7 million, beating Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3's 48.1 million. Spider-Man's Thursday and Friday led to an opening weekend of 120.5 million for the Spider-Verse, putting it in league with some of the most boosted sequel events we have seen in the past 40 years. The 2018 film opened in December to just $35.3 million and went on to gross $190.2 million. That is a 341% increase from the, top, or from the first film, taking out of the equation follow-ups that built anticipation over a decade or more, like Top Gun Maverick and Hannibal, 
Here are some of the highest increases we've ever seen after word of mouth and discovery took over. Starting off with Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, 475%. Scream 2, 418%. Pitch Perfect 2, 366%. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, 341%. Matrix Reloaded at 230%. The Dark Knight, 220%. Ace Ventura When Nature Calls, 212%. Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, number 3, at 209%. Die Hard 2 at 206%, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom at 205%. Last week's number one, The Little Mermaid, has been having a positive week after some cautious signs in its estimated decline its first few days. With 40.6 million this weekend, the live action remake is over 186 million and continues to pace closely for the time being with 2019's Aladdin, which had a 42.8 million second weekend and 185.5 million 10 day haul. Anything above 20 million next week will keep it on a $300 million pace. Anything below, and it may find itself closer to the Matrix Reloaded's pace, which saw the film end up just over 280 million domestic. It is Mermaid's international total that has to be more concerning to Disney. At just 78.9 million entering the weekend, it's nowhere near the 698 plus that Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, and The Lion King made internationally. The good news is that with the domestic side flowing well, it may only need around 450 million to pull off a profit. But it may turn out to be a very small profit, if at all. Given the recent success of the horror genre, Fox's 12.3 million opening for Rob Savage's The Boogeyman has to feel like a bit of a disappointment. They clearly saw the success of the Black Phone at the end of June last year and tried to grab the same crowd. But this is not much higher than Entertainment Studios' release of 47 Meters Down back in 2017. That shark movie made 11.2 million while The Shallows opened to 16.8 million the previous year. The Black Phone, based on the short story by Joe Hill, who is the son of the writer of the short story that inspired the Boogeyman, one Stephen King, opened at 23.6 million. Sony's purely anonymous Boogeyman opened at 19 million back in February 2005. Originally slated to go directly to Hulu, Savage's film is already 12 million ahead of that decision. But given its $35 million budget, the numbers are a bit tight. Universal, the studio that had Black Phone success last summer, has to be two minds of their films in the top ten. The Super Mario Brothers movie is unlikely to be caught as the highest grossing movie of 2023, earning another $3.3 million and bringing its total to $566 million domestic and $1.3 billion worldwide. That's the 19th biggest total ever, passing Frozen this weekend and just $10 million away from overtaking Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom to become Universal's third highest grossing film ever. The only question there is when the sequel will arrive. On the other hand, the same studio's Fast X fell another 60% to just 9.2 million in its third weekend. Tokyo Drift is the only film in the franchise that fell below 11 million in weekend three. The domestic gross below 150 now appears possible, which is not even half of its reported $340 million budget. Internationally, is 
added over 474 million and is over 600 million total. But reports may be written soon about how the studio could be writing off possibly more than 150 million to cover the losses on this one. Remember that the next time you think about bringing up Waterworld World as a box office punchline. Last week's trio of underperformers stayed afloat in the top 10 this week. Lionsgate About My Father fell to 2.1 million. Sony's The Machine fell even further to 1.7 million. The Open Roads Kandahar dropped under, under a million with a total now of just 4 million. A24 also remained in the top 10 as last week's release of Nicole Hulfsinner's You Have My, You Hurt My Feelings. Transformer Rise of the Beast is the only wide release hitting theaters next week, and it may struggle to pull off a first-place victory. The last Transformers film, Bumblebee, opened to just $21.6 million just before Christmas in 2018 and finished with $127 million. The last film to use the moniker of Transformers, The Last Night, opened in 2017 to $44.6 million and finished with only $130.1 million. It would take an extraordinary drop for Spider-Man, to lose to what it is likely going to be a paltry opening by the franchise's standards. So to recap our box office results, we have Spider-Man coming out on top, 120.5 million, followed by The Little Mermaid at 40.6 million, then The Boogeyman at 11.5 million, Guardians of the Galaxy at 10.2 million, Fast X at 9.2 million, Super Mario Brothers movie at 3.3 million, About My Father at 2.1 million, The Machine number one point, at 1.7 million, You Hurt My Feelings at $769,000, and Kandahar. It's Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 765,000. Let us know your thoughts in the comment section below and give us a thumbs up if you like our video. And as always, subscribe to the channel and hit that bell notification button to be notified of future videos. And now on to our next topic. Hocus Pocus 3 is in the works at Disney. Sean Bailey, president of Walt Disney Studios Motion Picture Production, confirmed the development of the third Hocus Pocus film in an interview with the New York Times. He confirmed the project was happening as he discussed other upcoming live-action projects, including Mona, Lilo and Stitch, and Hercules remakes. The news of Hocus Pocus receiving yet another sequel comes nine months after the Anne Fletcher-directed Hocus Pocus 2 premiered on Disney+. Plus drawing in 2.7 billion minutes viewed on its opening weekend. The film is set nearly 30 years after the original Kenny Ortega-helmed affair, where Winifred, Sarah, and Mary are once again resurrected by the black flame candle lit by two virgin high school girls, one of whom has developed witch powers on her 16th birthday, and wreak havoc on a modern-day Salem with hell to pay on Halloween night. There are no other details about Hocus Pocus 3, such as casting or setting. However, in an interview with Entertainment Weekly last year, Bette Midler 
expressed interest in reprising her role of Winifred once more. Let us know your thoughts in the comments section below. What do you think about Hocus Pocus 3? Do you think it's time to put Hocus Pocus to rest? Or do you think a third one will find success at the box office? Or I should say, actually, streaming. And our next topic, Renfield on Peacock has received a release date for streaming. Nearly two months since its theatrical release, the Renfield release on Peacock has finally been revealed for the streaming debut of Universal Pictures' latest horror comedy. The Nicholas Hoult-led movie will be available for streaming on um, next week, June 9th. Despite its all-star cast, Renfield had an underwhelming box office performance, as it only earned a worldwide gross of $25 million against a reported budget of $65 million. Renfield stars Nicholas Holt, Golden Globe winner Aquafina, Oscar winner Nicholas Cage, Ben Schwartz, Adrian Martinez, and Bess Roos. The film is directed and produced by Chris McKay from a story based on an original pitch from The Walking Dead's Robert Kirkman and was written by Ryan Ridley. Producers are Skybound Entertainment's Kirkman, David Alpert, Brian First, and Sean First. With McKay's partner, Samantha Nisboim set as an executive producer. Let us know your thoughts in the comment section below. What did you think of Renfield? Did you enjoy it? Or were you let down by it? And now on to some Disney Plus news. Disney is expected to remove even more content from Disney Plus and Hulu. After taking a handful of shows and movies off of Disney and Hulu last week, Disney has stated the company will incur a $1.5 billion impairment charge for this quarter. The news comes in an SEC filing from the company on Friday. Disney notes that after removing certain produced content from its streaming services, they will record a $1.5 billion impairment charge in its fiscal third quarter financial statements. These charges will be made to, quote, adjust the carrying value of those content assets to fair value. Disney also said that it will continue to review content on streaming platforms and anticipates removing even more produced content from direct-to-consumer streaming services. As a result of this, Disney anticipates incurring further charges upward of $400 million. The move comes following a fairly substantial purge on streaming services like Disney Plus and Hulu, with the company removing more than 50 titles from both in total series like The Willow, uh, the Mysterious Benedict Society, Dollface, and more were all removed. A move that Disney CEO Bob Iger says that has the company on the right path for streaming some long-term profitability. And, and now our next topic. The Law & Order star wants the most underrated spinoff to come back. And I personally could not agree more. Since Dick Wolf's crime procedural Law & Order first premiered on NBC in 1990, television hasn't spent a single moment without it or one of its many spin-offs. Currently, the franchise has three programs running, the reboot of the original series that just finished its second season and 22nd overall, Law & Order SVU, which has been renewed for a 25th season, and Law & Order Organized Crime, which has been renewed for a fourth season. Still, with all of that Law & Order in production, one former star of a Law & Order spinoff thinks, thinks there's room for more. 
Before Vincent D'Onofrio entered the MCU as Wilson Kingpin Fisk on Daredevil, he starred as Detective Bobby Gorin through 141 episodes of Law & Order Criminal Intent. Criminal Intent was cancelled following its 10th season in 2011, but now D'Onofrio has made his pitch for the show to return. The star was asked about future seasons of his Law & Order spinoff during an appearance at Nashville's Comic-Con and respond, responded to the notion favorably, saying, quote, that's a question for Dick Wolf, but come on, what am I, an idiot? It's a great part. He's a great look. Dick, seven, eight, nine episodes would be great. Later on Twitter, D'Onofrio tagged his criminal intent co-star, Catherine Erb, to picture on the project of revival. Practically speaking, the chances of a full-blown Law & Order criminal intent continuation remains low. There's a reason it was canceled in the first place. While TV viewers' appetite for Law & Order is prolific, it isn't infinite. Even the original ran out of steam, taking nearly a decade off before getting its revival. Meanwhile, the crackling chemistry between Elliot Stabler and Olivia Benson and the nature of the crimes they investigate on SVU always captured audiences' interest for more than far more than on the relatively cerebral criminal intent. Nowadays, organized crime fulfills mostly the same niche as criminal intent, with its investigators looking to delve into the psyche of major criminal offenders. Still, if a proper criminal intent reboot isn't in the cards, might we make the case for at least the return of D'Onofrio's Detective Gorn on one of the three other shows? Crossovers aren't a rarity by any stretch in the Law & Order franchise. In fact, Herb reprised her CI role of Detective Eames in Law & Order SVU Season 14. With that, uh, excuse me, with that present set, there's no reason why Detective Gorin shouldn't pop up for an extended arc somewhere. And honestly, he really should. D'Onofrio's character was one of the strangest and most interesting creations in all the Law & Order canon. As Mar Marvel fans would eventually discover with his portrayal of Kingpin, D'Onofrio only has one setting when it comes to acting, and it's 11 out of 10. His Goran was soft-spoken, thoughtful, until suddenly he was very loud. The performance is worth seeing on television again, even if only for Goran's exaggerated leans alone. Let us know your thoughts in the comment section below. Would you watch another uh, revival of Law & Order Criminal Intent? And... Would you want a full season or possibly just a eight or nine episode season? And as always, if you want to support the channel, go ahead and go to buymeacoffee.com slash cinemagold. Your support can help the channel grow, upgrade our equipment, and hopefully take this show on the road, as well as bring in new hosts, be able to pay them, and help create their content on our network. And as always, thank you so much for watching and listening. Now go and give us a thumbs up if you like our video. We'll see you next time. You have been watching the Cinema Gold Show. Follow us on Twitter at Cinema Gold Show. Find us on Instagram at The Cinema Gold Show. And on Facebook. Facebook.com slash The Cinema Gold Show. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.